1: being a chef
2: means keeping your cool in the kitchen and with resi priority notify and global dining access through my amex platinum card right this way it's nice to try someone else's food for a change that's the powerful backing of american express terms apply learn more at americanexpresscom slash with amex
3: i'm diosa and i'm mala we are the creators of locatora radio a radiophonic novella which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast, podcast.
0: This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre.
4: What is up, Straight Fire fam? It's me, Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire for Thursday, July 27th. Got a massive, I'm talking a huge interview today with the great Preston Johnson. We cover everything, what it's like being a soccer owner. Uh, He's entered some big high stakes poker tournaments. Uh, we'll do NFL, a lot of NBA. He gives some NFL leans, uh, no actionable college football stuff. Uh, I, I, he just hasn't done the homework yet. And listen, it's late July. Who has? Uh, but before we get to Preston, I, I, I'm loath to bring this up because I talk a lot about the New York Jets and Aaron Rodgers, and I'm, I openly was not keen on Rodgers going to New York for a litany of reasons we don't need to rehash. And I stood by all of it, and – Rodgers gets on board, and I'm like, okay, hey, I'm going to support him. He's a a Jets quarterback. I root for the Jets. And Aaron Rodgers has been a totally different dude since joining the Jets. That's undeniable. Look at the interviews, the way he talks to the media, the way he's hanging with his teammates, the way he's embraced New York. This is a brand-new person. And then something happens Wednesday that just takes it to the next level that you didn't even think was possible. Aaron Rodgers took a... $35 35 million dollar pay cut essentially to sign a new 2 year deal with the jets he when he arrived from green bay he had 110 left 110 million left on his old contract he has a new 2 year 75 million dollar deal and his salary cap hit in 2024 is only 9 million dollars giving the jets a lot of flexibility next year which leads to holy cow they're going to make this work try to make this work next year or this year, obviously. And then next year, with a smaller cap hit, Rodgers is like, yo, if we see something we need to go out and get, let's go get it and win a Super Bowl. Folks, any way you slice it, this is absolutely stunning. I don't know what's got into Rodgers. Maybe it's the ayahuasca. Maybe it was the, uh, the, the, the darkness retreat. Maybe I need to go on a darkness retreat before the football season. Just hang out in a cave, have a come-to-Jesus moment, and, and I'll come out of it a better person, podcaster, husband, father, maybe I need something like that. You know? If Aaron if it can work for Aaron Rodgers, who was ornery in Green Bay, not happy at all, maybe it can work for me. Maybe we all need a darkness retreat. Uh I have heard one of my buddies who's a regular listener, uh, has talked about he knows guys who did ayahuasca and they said it was literally transformative, like significantly in a good way. Um I am uh, a little reluctant to uh, dabble in some of that stuff given, uh, well, we're not going to get into my history, although I have talked about that stuff on the Saturday radio show. No, I'm not asking. Don't DM me asking. At any rate, without further ado, let's get to today's great guest, Preston Johnson.
0: You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports.
4: I know what sports fans want.
0: But for everything he doesn't.
5: He knows a guy who does. Let's just say, I know a guy who knows a guy
6: who knows another guy.
4: All right, let's welcome into Straight Fire, a one of the favorite guests that we've had on the pod over the last few years. And now, thanks to the advent of video on the podcast, you can see skinny Preston Johnson. He looks like he's down at least 30 pounds. Preston, how are you, man? I am doing well, man. Thanks for having me back on. As usual, I love it. Yeah, I think the last time we talked to you, two times ago, there was that great book review that you gave. I instantly read the book or listened to it on Audible. It was amazing, and I got so many people. Actually, several really? women, like female friends or friends of the family, who were like, that book was so good. Uh, I already forgot the name of it. The Midnight the one Library. About the- yeah, yeah. Midnight Library. Yes, so good. Great summary. Nice. Um, and then you talked about betting on losing weight, right, with Jeff Ma.
5: Yeah, I mean, I'm always doing, like, prop bets and stuff. Like, I ate vegan for a while as a prop bet. Like, I'll do anything <laughs> just to have some action and some thrill in my life, you know? But uh, it's part of... It's like when you grow up being a poker player, like, that was, like, where my OG gambling days was poker before sports. Like, you bet on anything. You just... it's Why not? I don't know. It's anyway, so yeah. just part of, like, the routine.
4: Uh, it's funny that you bring up poker, because I had texted Preston a couple weeks ago when I saw he crushed a poker tournament, and then I saw the World Series of Poker stuff that was going on, and I'm like, wait a minute, hold on, hold on. These guys are playing... No limit for like 12, 14 hours a day. Like Preston, tell me about your recent tournament where you you made some money, uh, some good money. And then, you know, your thoughts on the uh, World Series of Poker, which I didn't realize it's like basically the Tour de France when you're talking about fatigue and stuff.
5: It's intense, man. I, I used to play more back in the day. And, you know, a lot of these guys that are pro grinders all the time, they dedicate just about every day for a summer to the World Series. So they go out to Vegas. You have people from all over the world traveling in. Um, But there's two main tournaments, like the main event itself. It's a 10K buy-in. And then there's the Millionaire Maker, which is only 1,500 to enter. Uh, I had a family reunion thing. I couldn't actually play the main event. I played the Millionaire Maker. That's the one you were referencing a few weeks ago. And it was a record for the amount of entrance in a poker tournament. It was over (laughs) 10,400. And so you're playing, there's like people that are somewhat familiar with poker, you have like, you know, your small blind, your big blind. They increase with time every hour, every mm-hmm. level. And you play like all day. There's breaks. Occasionally you get one dinner break, but um, you have like 14 hour days and they're like five to 10 day tournaments, depending on Oof. how long it lasts and, you know, how everything goes. And so um, I made it to day four and one of the, I ended up getting 95th. Uh, and, it, you know, it, it gave you a shot. Like if you're there on day four and it's a five day tournament, And, you know, first place for a thousand five hundred dollar buy in top two spots paid over a million dollars. So, you know, I I was I was right there, had a chance, um, didn't work out in the end, but I got it in good in a three way all in that um, I hold like 76 percent of the time. That's the best you can ask for at the end of the day. It's such a random game.
4: So just talk me through these 14 hour days. So essentially you're playing and then are you able to take like a timeout? There's no timeouts, right? Can you just walk away from the table and take a break or
5: in theory you could, uh, but you're going to miss hands. So it's like, you're kind of quantifying your, your edge. Like is my break worth more than maybe missing a hand for five to 10 minutes or a couple of hands. Um, but in, there's, there are people that will walk and take a break uh, for sure. They also give you every couple hours, like a 20 minute break to use the bathroom and that type of thing.
4: So, and you got to um, be standing up and stretching, right? You can't just literally sit in a chair for the whole time.
5: Yeah. 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 Especially the back half of the days, when The nights are, are mm. really rough. And then by the time you get home to get out of the casino where there's so, thousands of people, you're taking an Uber back to your hotel. And I was staying in Summerlin, which is West of the strip, Ooh, yeah. uh, a little more family friendly area where I used to live when I lived in Vegas. And, uh, I would get home at like 1 a.m. and like, well, I got to go do that again tomorrow morning. And so it's it's a real mental battle for the guys that are doing that every day, playing for high stakes. It's uh, Part of it's fun because you're just problem solving and going through probabilities in your head over and over and over. But it's super draining
4: when you're doing it every day. Um, so it's, fun. it's, it's funny you say that. So people probably don't think of it as that draining. But my son entered a chess tournament over the weekend. Yeah. And my wife and I kind of divided up and conquered. And it's like, you know, first match is at 10 a.m. and his last match was at 5. And we went out to lunch, middle of the day, and on the way back, like 20-minute drive, he falls asleep. I mean, he was just fatigued, like three chess matches. And listen, I know it's chess, and you're like, oh, that's not that hard. The mental drain on playing chess and uh, going through all the moves, do you play at all by any chance? I know how to play. I'm not that good.
5: Like, I'm probably better than the average player, but nothing. Like, your kid's probably better than me. You know, I, I've, I've yeah. seen you talk about how he beats you now pretty much. Like with Oh, he crushes a year me, of playing. Like, yeah.
4: Yeah, he at the, I'm at the, we're at the point where I'm like, oh, let's play. He's like, only for money. And I'm like, come on, <laughs> smart, come on, you know, smart f- kid. find one dollar, you know. And, and I, sometimes I got to play, he's got to play without a rook or something, but he's gotten good. And he had this marathon match that was two hours uh, with this like 60-year-old uh-huh. guy. And Preston, you know, the 60-year-old guy's like sitting there looking over the moves. And my son's like, okay, I know what I'm doing and go yeah. and your turn again. And so he ends up getting up and walking around the room and looking at other matches because he can't just sit there for 20 minutes waiting for a guy to make a move. I, I imagine poker is similar in, in, except the hands go fast. It's just so many hands. It
5: is somewhat like, so there's something that more has been implemented more often the last few years. It's called clock. Like you can call clock on someone if they're taking too long to make a decision. Mm. Um, it's kind of an ethical debate. Like it's three to five to 10 minutes, depending on how big the spot or hand is or how much money is at play. Like, do you call clock or not? But once you call clock, they have a floor person come over, no matter what, if someone calls it and you have 30 to 60 seconds to
4: make a decision. And then- How many it. times can you
5: call clock? As many as you want. Like, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's a judgment call ultimately. And you want to be nice about it. You don't want to be calling clock all the time. But like, there are some people that instead I'll go take a walk just to try to kill a few minutes. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Wow. It's, it, poker's like- as a game, it's perfect because of, like, the mental, the probabilities, the odds, the problem-solving, the game theory, the psychology, and then you're doing it for money to win money. Like, it's it's a beautiful game, but there are, still are some, like, judgment calls yeah. and debates that, like, don't make it a perfect, perfect game.
4: Uh, we'll get to football. I know people are thrilled. They, you've been in high demand for your college football picks. I don't even know if you've done the research yet, but I wanted to talk soccer first. I'm a big soccer guy. Uh, I do want to ask you, on a soccer team, how was the offseason gone? Um, and, and then we'll get into the macro issues of uh, the Saudis and money and, and Ronaldo and all those guys.
5: Do you, real quick, do you think there are issues? You use the word issues, so I'm, I'm, intri- I'm, I'm intrigued to see if, it's a, I, I if do. you think there are negatives. Yeah. We'll get to them in a second. I'm just curious m- more how your team's doing. We, uh, I mean, we've been trying all summer to improve the team. At the end of the day, you got to win more games than we did last year. And so we've been trying to get better, younger, faster, working with Scott Lindsay, the head coach or the manager. They call them over there uh, to put together a squad or a roster that is going to compete at a a higher level. And so, you know, we we like where we're at. And when there's still some moves we're trying to finish, you know, the transfer window goes through about another month or so. Um, So you still have some time, but our, our first game's in about a week and a half. So we're getting close to the regular season.
4: Have you had any decisions about selling players? We had one at Nakaksa with our goalie, who we loved, a great player. But ultimately, the offer was just too big to turn down. And sometimes, you know, like, that, I don't know if that's been an issue for you guys, but that, that's like a decision you got to make. Like, geez, I mean, we had one of our defenders. I'm not going to say his name, but uh, multiple teams were interested. We're like, we, we can't give this guy up. He's too valuable. Um, but, you know, the goalie, the offer was just simply too good. How, how have you guys handled that? It definitely. Happened. The hardest part about handling it
5: is the fan side because the fans become connected with some of these players that have been there yeah. for a few years and they believe in. And so when they're going somewhere else, they feel like something's been ripped from their soul or something. Like <laughs> we, we ended up selling someone in that similar sentiment middle of the season last year um, to another club in our league. But it was one of those where like we thought we could improve what our squad needed as a whole around different mm-hmm. areas, different positions on the pitch with the money that we were offered. And then, you know, this summer we moved someone else on that wasn't necessarily a fan favorite decision, but um, we think we replaced that position in, in a really good spot with a, another player that came in. And so, like, it's, it's one of those things where it's a juggling act and you're trying to make the best business and football decisions at the end of the day mm-hmm. while hoping the fans can see the the realistic, you know, um, upside, but most of the time they don't. So it's just part of the the, uh, the process, I guess.
4: Would you consider yourself more of a hands-off owner or more uh, minor meddling like a Mark Cuban, Michael Jordan before he sold the Hornets? Um, you know, which which style did you prefer? I mean, it's early in your career, obviously.
5: We're, we're more hands-on in general, or we at least were earlier on. Um, in this process, it's only been one season anyway, so we're going into our second season. Relative to most owners, I think, who have a lot of their people in place that are helping make decisions because part of our strategy was from a, you know, Build like we we brought in like a crypto and NFT audience to like what we were yeah. doing and trying to bring international eyes to a club that's near London to try to like have a team to root for to, to build up the ranks there in the EFL up to maybe the Premier League or Championship League one day. So that's that's like part of our strategy where we ha- we're more hands on there. Whereas you know Scott Lindsay the manager has uh, a lot to say about you know the players coming in and going out and what he thinks gives him him the best chance to score goals and win games and that's ultimately like from a football yeah. perspective or soccer perspective.
0: bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
1: Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena.
0: Selena.
1: Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Harold G.
0: La
7: Bichota.
6: Apple Podcasts, or whatever you get your podcasts.
4: Uh, All right, let's go to the big picture in Europe. I I said issues uh, with Saudi Arabia. So they go and get uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. They pay him a ton of money. They go get Benzema. They go make a massive offer for Messi. He turns it down for MLS. And uh, we can't just say MLS. It's like Apple and um, ownership of a team and all that. And now the latest this week is um, they're throwing 750 mil at Mbappe, who... You know, it looks like he's going to play in at least two more World Cups, possibly three. Um, We're talking about a guy who is probably going to maybe pass Messi as the greatest of all time down the road. But he's only 24. So, Preston, if this offer is to the 24-year-old Mbappe, who I think made 36 mil last year just in soccer. Hey, man, do you want to go from 36 mil to 750 mil for one season? Like, how do you say no to that?
5: it's similar with the live golf stuff when everyone was flabbergasted yes. why these guys were going over there they were just getting overpaid by such a number and within a year right I'm, i haven't followed golf entirely but they're like partners now at the pga like yep they did it right like so i guess I mean, when you say issues there's worry that they're like taking over the world of sports or um potentially to, to some extent or having more of a of a say uh it, this could be that. I mean, you saw LeBron tweeting after the news yep. came out. <laughs> they offer me a one year deal. He Forrest Gump memed his way on a tweet to like, it's going to happen. Like, it's a. Uh- yeah. It's probably just a matter of time. At the end of the day, you hope that they can find ways to work with what we're already doing to improve the the product and the game, and you know so that everyone's making more money. At the end of the day, that's their goal. So similar to what the PGA had to do, I, I think that could be in store for for more sports.
4: I don't know. I saw a sixty Minutes piece about how they're calling it sport washing to kind of clean up the image, but at the same time, they've got to diversify off oil. Which America is basically saying, you know, we're going away from that stuff. Um, and they're, they're trying to diversify their portfolio. So they take over golf. It sounds like they are, like, one of the top sponsors for F1. They've started to do some, host some boxing and some um, MMA. And now they're doing soccer. And, I mean, Preston, are we getting close to the stage where they're like, hey, we're not going to – we can't start a football league. But why don't we just go buy an NFL team? Or we can't – I mean, we have a fledgling basketball league. We can either pay Giannis – million to come over, or we just go buy an NBA team and say to hell with the salary cap in the second apron. We're just going to spend, spend, spend. Like, where do you think this goes?
5: I'm pretty confident without saying much more that there are definitely people and groups from over there looking to buy NBA teams right now. (laughs) The question is, are there NBA teams that are really for sale? I mean, obviously if the price is right, but like right now, all you have are these franchise assets, especially in a league like the NBA, where the values of them just keep going up and up and up. You have maybe some people willing to share part stake, but then, like, the money over there is so massive. They don't want a part, they don't want 10% of an NBA team. They want majority control and share. And you don't really have anyone in the NBA. Again, this is people I just talked to or hear about here and there. I'm not like a spokesperson for anybody at all, but they don't want to sell majority share in this franchise in the NBA that, like, with the NBA League and the new media deal coming and all this money coming to the like. So it's really hard for them to get in unless they really overpay like so much that like no one can say no to it. And it might, I mean, we might see that eventually, but you're talking like 4 or $5 billion for teams that you don't even think are worth that apparently um, isn't getting deals done or even discussions going, which is kind of crazy.
4: So what if they came to the Indiana Pacers, uh, hometown, I mean, uh-huh. heartland, Midwest stuff, and they said, hey, Pacers, whoever the owner is, uh, 10 bill, Let's, we'll take it. So
5: that's where I think that's the number where it's like, okay, you have to pretty much – can you have to say like, yes to that, right? Yeah, how the do same you turn amount of money. Down, yeah. 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 I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah.
4: But does Adam Silver let that happen, or does he say, whoa, we're getting into some uncharted territory? Like, Balmer uh, has the mo- i think he's the richest owner in the NBA. Yeah. His Microsoft dividends every year are insane. You, I mean, you might Ballmer- know more
5: about that than me. Can Can Silver
4: actually step in and say no to an acquisition of a of an that, asset? That's a that, great uh, question. I'm not 100 the- sure. NBA might be tougher, but remember, apparently they're starting two new franchises, one in Vegas, Mm -hmm. uh, allegedly, and then one back in Seattle. I think the NFL would probably be more strict, a little more old school... um, My guess is the NFL would say thank you, but no, thank you. Mm -hmm. That would just be my guess. No, no honestly,
5: the the Saudis should just get in on the Vegas move, like whatever LeBron plus Fenway, I think's in like the rumors. And they should just be a part of that. And Vegas is going to be like one of the biggest NBA teams and NBA cities in the world. I think, I think that's probably their play.
4: How soon do you think that could happen?
5: I'm not sure the timetable on the league actually allowing for the expansion itself. Um, it's probably still two or three years away, but, uh, the longer they wait, the less money they bring in. Does that make yeah. sense? So, like, yeah, they're incentivized to go quickly.
4: They'd be buying at the top, probably. I mean, I can't imagine valuations are going to keep going up. But then again, Preston, uh, we just saw Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown yeah. signed the highest contract in NBA history. He's going to be making $69 million in the final dude, year of his
5: deal. Dude couldn't dribble in isolation in the playoffs of the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, and he just got the biggest contract in history. It's wild. So I'm telling you, prices, inflation, whatever macro economy, it's the the assets of owning a team or owning real estate over any sort of extended period of time, they just go up in value. So.
4: Yeah, I mean, but there's got to be a there's got to be a ceiling for the NBA, right? This cannot keep going up in perpetuity. We're not going to well, see one Benyama sign a get a $100 million a year deal in like 10 years, are we? Why not?
5: I mean, why, that's why I referenced the media deal. But like, he's probably worth a billion now. The Spurs just their value, their value just went up like a billion alone. Just
4: yeah, winning it. the ping pong lottery. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah,
5: that was insane. But like, that's why I referenced the media deal and how much money, like the salary cap. Like, you have guys like Dame already set to make nearly seventy million in their final years. Jalen Brown's probably near his final year. Like that seventy number. It's just a matter of time before this is the crazy one. When it gets, to, I think there'll be everyone's going to let it ride. You have all this media money coming in. We'll wrap with this. When that number gets to so-and-so is making eighty-two million a year, and people where do they reference eighty-two with its that's how many games you play? If and that they yeah. don't even play that many anymore. If you're making over a million a game, that might cause some like hold up, like this is too much money. But until
4: then, I think it's just gonna keep going with where all the markets yeah. are headed, or at least well, it's a deal money. Did you see the Austin Rivers comments? Um, I think it was on the ringer. The ringer. But yeah. he he essentially was saying that the new CBA is so messed up that you've got Like, the Phoenix Suns paying four guys $31 million or more a year. Aiton, Beal, Booker, and Durant. And then they have no middle class on their team, and it's all minimum salary guys. And then you're starting to see Boston now has three guys over 30 mil with Porzingis. And now they do have some middle class guys, but Austin Rivers made it sound like they're weeding out the middle class. I guess the mid-level exception is usually a big deal in the summer, and only one team has used theirs this year. And it's getting to a weird moment, like... I don't know, is the top end too high? And, and and like, you know, there's really no middle ground in the NBA. It's either you're a have or a have not. And I did hear one of these philosophers say, that's where we're headed in like media and companies. As it all thins out, there's going to be a couple big ones at the top mm-hmm. and then just a, a, a like a long trail of small ones. And there's really not going to be like a middle ground.
5: It's, it's basically you have your couple... Front-facing, whatever massive names, and then from there you just get people that can do the rest of the jobs uh, for the the cheapest amount possible. I mean, it's it's possible as far and this new CBA agreement, which is a bargaining agreement with the players in the league and the NBA, there are so many details that still aren't even public. I haven't read through it myself, to be honest, so I can't speak for it exactly. But that's the reason for some of these deals. That it's why Austin Rivers was referencing it. his teams are setting up to where they need to, in order to compete to win a championship, at least two, if not three of those max level guys. But then if you're going to be over or under that second apron and how much you're paying in luxury tax, like you're either filling it with a bunch of vet mins, mm-hmm. or if you do have one other guy that's mid-tier, like you're just paying so much, like 200 million, you reference Balmer and the Clippers, like just in luxury tax, which then is it worth it to have a guy at like, I'm trying to think like, how much does Robert Covington or or Marcus Morris make for the Clippers Mm. right now? Or, or, or Norman Powell, Norman Powell, is he really worth going that like a 60 million in the luxury tax for one year of Norman Powell? Like he's probably worth like 15 to 20 a year or something. But like when your actual dollar value as an Mm. owner is that, that's, what's going to create this gap is just the way it's kind of set up and dictated, which isn't fair to guys. Like, yeah,
4: you're right. Austin Rivers unemployed at 30. He doesn't even have a team. I know he did punch out Mo Bamba or whatever last year, but, um, The other thing with the NBA that's weird, like this Damian Lillard saga, um, he's trying to make everybody happy, Preston, and when you do that, you make nobody happy, and like he doesn't want to be the bad guy, but then his agent says, I only want to go to Miami, and it's like, well, are you going to report if you go to Philly? Are you just not going to show up? Like, what Should should these guys be able to do that? Because we know how Jalen Brown's contract works, right? He gets as much money as he can now, and then we'll see how it goes after a year or two, and then if it's not going your way... Guys, I need a trade. I need send to me out of here. You know, <laughs> yeah, man. It's there's.
5: I'm all for player empowerment, but like, yes, there's a detriment to it as well. So I totally hear you on the other side. It's interesting. I can totally relate to trying to make everyone happy actually leads to almost making nobody happy. Like I feel Soccer. like I've, I've handled certain <laughs> things that way myself in my life. Um And you have to kind of put your foot down sometimes. So for for Dame, I respect that he tried to stay in Portland and and give it a shot. They did. They weren't good enough. And he only has X amount of years left where he can be a contributing, impactful, significant player for a championship team. And so it's kind of was now or never for him, I think. Um, so I think it's fine. I, I think the hard part is when you come out and say you're only going to go to the Miami Heat, really. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's really not giving your franchise any leeway or um, you know advantage or traction. And now – Miami can just hold out and get like basically the cheapest deal possible for Damian Lillard, who had like his best efficiency season ever last year, uh, and seemingly is just as good of an offensive player as just about anybody yeah. else in the league, you know.
4: Uh any early thoughts on the NBA next season? Um, I, I'm sure um the Suns obviously are, are up there with Beale, the Beale edition. Uh Lakers kind of up there. I don't know about the I am curious your thoughts on the Warriors adding Chris Paul and dumping Jordan Poole. I
5: I, I don't understand the people that don't like it. I'm not sure where you were on that table. I, wow. I I'm trying to remember. I listen you know I listen to your show, but like Chris Paul is such a good basketball player. So you like, oh, might get hurt in the playoffs. Like, okay, but Jordan Poole was unplayable anyways. Like there was <laughs> and and it was like ruining the relationship anyways with you know Draymond and other things. Like so to get Jordan Poole out off of a contract that honestly was probably bad. I don't think he's as good as that contract is worth. Anyway, you get the like toxicity out of there and you bring in a vet and a player that if he's healthy, like Chris Paul is going to add, especially, you know, for a bench unit that can play differently, whether he works well with Steph and Clay and Draymond or not they'll probably solve it. You know, it's easy for Chris Paul to say, but I've heard him in a few interviews, but like, look, people I've run. Basketball offense is one way my whole life because that's what I was asked to do. Mm. But I'm adaptable. Like, I can play a different way too and you guys will see that. And I don't have any reason not to believe him and he's still a player that makes his teammates better, so.
4: Mm. I, I, he feels like that guy who he's your favorite basketball players, favorite basketball players, Chris Paul. Everybody loves him and the analytics yeah. love him. I don't know, man. Like, gets in fights with people on his team, gets in arguments all the time, it, tough to deal with. Um, I, what's he been on? Like, four teams in five years? Like, Let me
5: ask you I, this. I do you... Do you think their chances went up to win a championship or down, tw- swapping Jordan Poole for Chris Paul? I think down for sure. You think they have less of a chance. Now. Yeah. I think Jordan so, Poole contributed. They literally, they couldn't play him when they won it against the Celtics. Yeah, even they, In Jordan two Poole's good ago, season,
4: he couldn't even stay on the court when they won. Right. Two years ago, he was good. He struggled against the Celtics, but he was good otherwise. And the key for me is, Steph and Clay are like, what, 34, 35, something like that. And I think they had to miss a ton of games the last two years. You could plug yeah. in Jordan Poole and he could give you 20 and you might win, you might lose, whatever. You can't expect Chris Paul, I don't think, to start 20 or 30 games and then be healthy for the playoff run, can you? Like is that something you could you I think mean, you could reliably lean on a 38-year-old?
5: 20 or 30 games, yes. Chris, go back and look, it's he's not like he's only playing 15 games a year.
4: He well, can play 40, but that's the problem. And every postseason, he breaks down. It was a hamstring and then if I know you like the Nuggets a lot. I got to give you credit. You were early They're on fun, Luka, man. you were early on the Nuggets. But in that Nuggets series, they were they were down one nothing, and then Paul gets hurt in the third quarter, they get run off the floor. But in games three and four, they were a different team playing with pace as opposed to the slowdown methodical stuff, and they won two games.
5: Dude, um, dude, dude now don't look too far into that. I, Booker and KD dropped like 80-plus in each of those games <laughs> <laughs> and just didn't miss a shot, and both games still true. went down to the final like three minutes. Like the Nuggets almost won both anyway. I, I wouldn't be anti-Chris Paul because of those two games. Um but there's something to be said where maybe that's why Chris Paul doesn't work with Stephen Clay. Like, we'll see. But I think it's worth the shot if I'm Golden
4: State. End of the... So you think they're, it's a big win for them? So where do you have them currently in the West? Dame, obviously, pending and Harden pending. You think they're think top over, four?
5: Overall, the Suns and, and the Nuggets, obviously, are ahead of the pack. Yeah. Um, and the Nuggets are probably still a tier ahead of the Suns slightly, just because no one can stop Jokic at the end of the day. But... Um, yeah, yeah. Warriors will be top four. I'm not necessarily thrilled with where the Lakers are at. I think they probably are like similarly good to where they were last year. It's, they're not going to make it massive. They'd have to probably make a move mid-season to put
4: all them right, So, the top. So they were, they were struggling last year, and at the break, they dump Westbrook, and then all of a sudden, they get incredible. I think they were the number one defense after the trade deadline or the All-Star break, something like that. And they go to the conference finals, and they smoke the Warriors. Um, how are they not better? And, and uh, by the way, I don't mind the Gabe Vincent ad – um who else yeah. did they add uh jackson hayes is okay and then there was the third guy oh cam reddish is a good buy low like talent's there jackson but he's a bit hayes. scatterbrained um I, I don't know do you really think the warriors got better
5: dude i think chris paul can be an addition to a team that gives them a shot and i think
6: you're gonna oh, the they they Chenzo too
5: yeah, that's fair. They can try to replace him with some mid-level guy or an acquisition or something mid-season. But, you know, Kaminga and Moody maybe take leaps finally. Who knows? But I'm not going to bank on that. But as far as the Lakers go, and I'm a Lakers fan, as people probably yes. know or can see, like, maybe I'm being a little bit, like, careful and on purpose or cautious. But I'll say this. that They got swept by the Nuggets, but it was by a total of, like, 20 points or 22 yeah. points. It's like, five points a game, and any of them could have really gone either direction. So there's that. Um I think Austin Reeves played above where he probably is in a vacuum, and by that I mean like on average, long term. I think he had a better postseason than he will probably have on average the next couple of seasons. That's my guess. I think Rui Hachimura also played punched a little above his weight, and then there's just the concern with LeBron, obviously in health and AD in health. Mm -hmm. Like I just don't think you can bank on the Lakers, but like can they be in the mix again with a similar run in a West that's still like pretty like. It's deep, but like there's no real standout other than the Nuggets. It's possible, for sure.
4: I think I saw a stat or heard it, maybe it was Zach Lowe, that said the Lakers played more Austin, AD, and LeBron in the playoffs than they did in the regular season. Um, Because of the injuries. Westbrook, really. is a subtraction of Westbrook. And Westbrook, yeah. Yeah. And so why can't they do better next year? Now, again, LeBron's not going to play 82, and AD's not going to sniff 82. Um, But my issue, like with the Warriors, could not handle Anthony Davis at all. In the playoffs. AD had a great series. And it's like, well, what are they gonna do against Jokic? They don't have anyone on the roster taller than Kevon Looney. <laughs> you know, they barely get by the Kings in game seven. Curry has like a fifty burger. I, I don't know. I'm just and I, Curry's my guy. I it's been my favorite player probably in all of sports history that I've since I've been around. Like I love the guy. And I just I don't know, man. I think
5: we just talked ourselves into, like, the Nuggets are probably just going to win the West again. It's like, the Suns didn't have anyone that could stop them either. Aiton got played out of that series, and I know Aiton and the coach were whatever, but like... I don't know. Frank Vogel maybe changes their defensive identity yeah. some, but you can't play Durant at the five and stop Nikola Jokic at the end of the day. Like that series against the Heat, like the, the Nuggets didn't even shoot well from three. Porter didn't hit a single shot the whole series. Like there, yeah. there's room for the Nuggets to actually perform better. Granted, it was just the Heat. The Heat really weren't the best yeah. team in the
4: East. The, I, the, the Bruce Brown loss is kind of big, but uh, you know Peyton Watson from UCLA. Apparently, he's been. Dude, they love him, in, yeah. In practice, uh, two. Let me try to tell you on two teams real quick. Atlanta Hawks to make a massive leap into the top four. Um, Full year with Quinn Snyder, great, great coach. Uh, And honestly, if you look at their top nine players, I love their roster. Uh, I think they're super uh, tough, and I I think
0: they'll sneak into the top four uh, in the East. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
1: Juan Gabriel, Juan Selena,
7: Selena,
1: Celia Cruz, Azucar, Harold G,
7: La Bichota.
6: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: In the West, this is a long shot. I haven't bet it yet. I haven't been to Vegas, but Houston Rockets over, and it's solely because of Udoka being an awesome coach and on like a redemption tour from getting fired in Boston. And also, that's another roster, man. You look at them like one through eight, and I know there's some like, Jason, you're getting excited about like 23-year-old guys. <laughs> that team, dude, there's some guys on that team, man. I, I, I think they're a definite over. I think they're like a 35-win team. Shane
5: season for Jason McIntyre. Look, he's, look, he's, they're fun. We didn't uh what's it, Jabari Smith is that his name? He dropped like Jabari 30 Smith plus, a couple I mean, 30 plus awesome. games in Summer League. Yeah, yeah. Uh they're not going to win 35 games though in that Western Conference. That's but a, their over/under is not where close to that, right? What is it? 20
4: 28 28 is it?
5: Really? Oh, that's higher than I would have
4: guessed. Maybe that maybe it's lower than that. I don't have I time. haven't even
5: looked to be fair, but they're not going to win 35 just because they're to the Spurs well, listen, and that the, the
4: yeah. second one else Kings is actually trying. Sacramento Kings went up 18 games. In you called that one too, I believe, right? I did, but uh, I think other people had that. But like, they went up 18 games with like Sabonis and Fox making leaps. Like, I don't see why, like Fred Van Vliet's a huge upgrade. Dylan Brooks is hopefully clean up his act. And the Udoka factor. I don't know. I'm, a, I'm big on coaches, okay. man. Uh, and Hawks, anything or no?
5: Top four in the East, like it's possible, but they're not, they're not a championship contender in my eyes. With Trey Young as a starting point guard,
4: uh, the only interesting thing I heard, and I'll bounce it off you, we're buried it deep in the podcast for people who check out um, Mobley and the Cavs. It, keep an eye on Mobley if the Cavs don't sign his brother. I think his brother was on a two-way last year, and wait, Mobley's he's really promising. he's pissed about it. Well, we'll see if he gets we'll see if his brother gets a contract. I think he— Hold, I think the, he hold on like, a second.
5: Because Evan Mobley has, like, real, real, like, superstar potential upside. You're saying that yeah. he would, like, potentially ask out of Cleveland or demand a I trade or something if they don't sign he, his I don't, brother?
4: I don't know that I'm ready to go there. But— Okay, okay. Do We see him signing his extension in Cleveland, and I know ver- very few don't sign the rookie extension if Cleveland doesn't commit to his brother. We'll see. I don't know. That's crazy. Uh,
5: there's a reason, though, that everyone was signing Giannis's brothers over and over, and they were obviously not— NBA We'll see. Level
0: guys, uh, so.
4: You know, uh, Mobley is from L.A., as you know, and by that time, I think Anthony Davis will be long gone. Uh, Lakers. Will definitely- uh, I see. This is
5: a Lakers play. I like it. I'm already on I, well, board. Just, you don't have to say file anything it else. Away.
4: Just file <laughs> it away. Uh, OK, quickly to the NFL, Preston. Um, I don't know. We, we're, we're, we're training camps open. Any teams or, or players or coaches or any bets, or anything that you're looking will- at that jump out at you?
5: I will tell you, as someone that obviously hasn't been betting on sports and paying as much attention the last two years, and especially this season, I'm not going to give you anything directly to bet or look at, but I will say this general philosophically, like things that probably work a little bit better than half the time, and then do some more research and make your decision. Okay. Um, there's two. One there's obviously all of the uh, Aaron Rodgers hype. Everyone's high on the Jets. I think technically you're a Jets fan, if I recall correctly. I'm not sure if you've gone out and said your piece yet on everything. <laughs> I'm not sure it's necessarily fade the Jets, but it might be buying on the Packers, who have a pretty good roster, from what I understand. Really? And Jordan Love's like pretty high variance. We don't have a lot of information on him, but like who who in that division really? Like the Bears, the Vikings, who won way too many games last year. Everyone knows that story. It's like the Lions are supposed to be better, yes, but like the Packers, like could absolutely be a real team. Um, So maybe there's something there with the Aaron Rodgers noise that like people are, Mm. and and I wouldn't necessarily fade the Jets, but maybe it's like buying on the Dolphins, another high variance bet where wasn't Tua Mm. like last year before he got injured, the best EPA at quarterback in the whole league, or he was at least top five. Um, And then they're pretty stacked elsewhere. So like maybe it's betting on the Dolphins and, you know, fading the bills, fading the Jets that way. And I'll say this, the last thing, my favorite bets I've made in my life are the ones the year after a team or maybe for a few years, a team got, or a player got super hyped, and then they failed to meet expectations. Sometimes it's really hard for a player that gets hyped to win the Heisman Trophy or to win a Super Bowl or whatever it may be. Like, it's actually really unlikely to do that. So when they don't, and then everyone forgets about them, it doesn't mean it was untrue the prior seasons, right? So what I'm getting at is the Cleveland Browns, everyone talked about the last few years as being stacked. They've been stacking in the draft. They're super deep. Like, and now they have like a, maybe a stable year of Deshaun. Why are the Cleveland Browns, I looked at the futures odds this morning before we went on this thing. They're the bottom half of the league and chance to win the Super Bowl. Like everyone was just talking about them being like this sexy team that could win the Super Bowl. And now mm. nobody's talking about them. So if there's value like in those types of instances. Yeah. It's generally like, it's it's like buying low, selling high, that type it's of weird. philosophy.
4: I, I saw their win total was nine and a half. I'm like, wow, that is wildly different than I would expect because that division's brutal. Uh, Ravens and Lamar they are going to be good. Yeah. Bengals, I think, are Super Bowl worthy again, and I kind of like Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, TJ Watt healthy, Pickett, um, good skill position players, offensive line improved. They got the big kid from Georgia. We know Georgia offensive linemen have crushed the NFL. Uh, like as soon as they get in, I don't. I, I just that's probably why the price
5: that. is. That's probably why the price is what it is. Without me doing a bunch of like simulations or anything, but I'm just the Browns. I don't think people were wrong for two or three years saying they stacked talent. Now the talent's a little bit older. And now you have like a real quarterback that doesn't isn't dealing with the off the field stuff. Like if the Browns click this year and win twelve or thirteen games and make a playoff run, it just it wouldn't surprise me.
4: Wow, those are definitely out of the box ones. Love it. And then finally, I know you are a big college football guy. I haven't really dug into too much college football. I know it's a good year for quarterbacks, like very good year. Mm -hmm. Um, But you were in Vegas recently for the poker. Did you lay any futures bets?
5: Zero. I have. I've, I've listened to more NFL stuff than college football. It's one of those things. To be honest, I'm just gonna be straightforward. If I started listening to people talk about or reading college, it would it would probably hook me back in and I just can't afford yeah. to put that time in. And so I haven't even attempted it. I can listen to NBA and NFL stuff and it's like whatever. I can, it's for fun. The college yeah. football, I'm, I'm afraid I would end up like staying up all night running stuff it, again and
4: betting. and It yeah, wouldn't be good. It's very granular. Yeah. Because uh, I remember, I think it was – last year you came on and you were like georgia bulldogs and i was like dude they just won the title stetson bennett come on no shot and a couple of listeners were like dude i took it as soon as he said georgia and it was awesome i I was like this is what preston does man he delivers winners um anything else you want to get off your chest there big guy you played any hoops dude we got to play still that's let's get
5: that off our chest we got i got to drive up to to la area and we got to play yeah i've i've I'm I'm like in shape, ready to go. Like like we should make it happen. Just Yeah. uh, Are you
4: doing any cardio
5: or what are you lifting? Dude, I, yeah, both. I'm I'm like running a mile and a half, two and a half miles a day, depending on if I cycle that day too. And then I'm lifting every day.
4: Yeah. You're cycling in this, in this heat out here in the West Not outdoors.
5: No, just at the gym. I'm
4: just. Oh, oh, oh. oh, I mean, it's not that hot here.
5: It's like our hot days. It's like 80 degrees Fahrenheit.
4: Yeah. You got to go back to posting your uh, shooting videos in the gym. I'm, I'm on a cold streak, dude. Last summer, Preston, when I was trying to get you up here, I think was at the the height of my uh, adult basketball powers. And I'll it, fix your
5: shot. I'll fix your no, shot. Yeah.
4: <laughs> I need a shot, doctor, Coach Preston, it's been yeah, we, yeah. Because Preston, listen, it's, it's tough, man. You know, you got the kids and like we're doing multiple sports and, you know, my kid's now doing chess. It's like, when am I? I, I used to be playing two or three times a week. And so we when it comes to game time, I'm ready. And now it's like I'm playing once a week. And like that, we, you can't do that. Do we have two minutes? I got to explain the yeah, coolest, yeah. Shoot,
5: coolest shooting game I've learned in a long time. I was at the yeah. gym. Uh, it was just the one that's closest to my house here uh, it was a 24 hour fitness going to run to play pickup. And we're not quite at 10 guys. And there's this kid there, probably younger 20s, who's just taking threes over and over from like Steph Curry range, way beyond the three point line. And he's making almost all of them. And I was like, who is this guy? He doesn't really look like he'd be a great player, but he's just hitting everything. And he shoots it almost like a jump shot. I was like, which is even harder to do. It's not like a set shot. Anyway, I was watching him go, watching him go, watching him go. I finally – no game gets played because we didn't get to 10 guys. And Gosh. I decided before I leave, I'm going to start rebounding for him just because like just to show him I have interest. So I start rebounding for him for 10 to 15 minutes. He misses occasionally and he's like, hey, you can shoot. I'm like, no, no, my ride's coming. I, I'm just rebounding for him because I was like intrigued by how good this random person no one's ever seen is at shooting a basketball from 30 feet. Next week, I go by and I – I get back to the gym and the same kid is there with two friends and they're all standing around the three point line and they're taking turns shooting threes. And I was like, he's going to remember me because I'm like the fat bearded guy that was rebounding for him last week. I'm going to go talk to him. And I was like, what are you guys doing? And he's like, oh, it's a game I made up when I was in high school with my buddies. And it's a team game. We shoot threes from our spots and we see how many we can make in a row. And depending on how many players are playing, like there was three of them, you can afford to miss one, but if you miss a second one, you have to go back to zero and you get like one chance per round. And then you can also do like an and one where if the ball rebounds back to you, you can take a second shot. So basically you have these guys and you're shooting threes over and over and over. And you're trying to, as a team, see how many you can make in a row. And he's like, the three of us, you know, the record's like 101 three-pointers or with two people, it's like it's like in
4: the '90s, I believe. And well, wait a sec. Um, who's re- is, there, is the third guy rebounding, or, or is that you? Just rebound for,
5: for yourselves, and so he was standing where he always shoots, was like thirty feet away. He's like, jump in! I know you can shoot, jump in! And so I went in the corner, and there were four of us. And when there's four, you can actually afford to miss two. Before you have to go back to zero, and oh. we just would shoot and shoot and. But like it's it's fun because it's totally degenerate because you're trying to get to a number and the record with four he said's like 143s and we got to 70 a couple times. Um, wow! But you, so you start shooting a bunch like all of a sudden I was like addicted to this game and for a few weeks stretch I shot the basketball more than I had in a long uh. time. So B and you started playing it. That's what I was getting at. We're gonna get your shot back. It's just a matter of getting reps yeah. up and just making it happen.
8: Wow,
4: so you're getting up a lot of shots, huh? Well, listen, you're you're not like employed. I have to go to a studio every day and go on the yeah. sit on the on the show for three hours. Yeah, you're just I don't going got to chess tournaments
5: shots. either, so yeah, it, it makes sense. Well, well, yeah. But easier. your
4: kids are a little younger, right?
5: Yeah, eight, six, and then one.
4: Yeah. yeah, they're not doing sports. Well, I'm sure they are, but not like intense It's coming. Don't worry. Um, anyways, <laughs> uh, Preston, great stuff as always. Continued success with soccer, poker, gambling, everything. And thanks for taking the time, buddy. Yeah,
0: thanks, Jason.
3: it gives me a lot of
2: hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're gonna love season nine.
3: Subscribe to our show, and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to
2: Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
7: Carol G. Juan Gabriel, Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common?